The devastating judgment of God is soon to fall upon this world. It is known as the Great Tribulation, and it culminates at the world-ending battle of Armageddon. For the world and its Antichrist minions, there is no escape. The prophet Isaiah speaks of the mindset of a people that exists just prior to God's wrath being unleashed. Isaiah 5, 20-24 Woe unto them that call evil good, and good evil, that put darkness for light, and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward, and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. Therefore is the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff. So their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. They will call evil good, and those who stand for righteousness will be ridiculed, isolated, and persecuted. Sound familiar? The clock is ticking. Things that have really changed, Dr. Grant Jeffrey wrote in the following in his book, The Signature of God. Frederick Rudolph wrote in his book, The American College and University, that within a generation of their landing at Plymouth, the Puritan settlers laid the foundation of an educational system dedicated to training a learned clergy and a lettered people. These Christians created Harvard College in 1636 as an institution dedicated to upholding the truths of the Bible. In fact, during the first century of Harvard's university's existence, every one of its professors was a minister of the gospel. The initial 1636 charter of Harvard College proclaimed the following. Everyone shall consider the main end of his life and studies to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. Seeing the Lord giveth wisdom, everyone shall seriously, by prayer, in secret, seek wisdom of him. Everyone shall so exercise himself in reading the scriptures twice a day, that they be ready to give an account of their proficiency therein, both in theoretical observations of languages and logic, and in practical and spiritual truths. Everyone shall consider the main end of his life and studies to know Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. It has been calculated that 87%, 103 of the first 119 colleges built in the United States were established by Christians to educate young people in their faith. This includes Harvard, Princeton, Yale, and Columbia, end of quote. The August 28, 2021 headline of The Guardian boasts, Harvard University's new chief chaplain is an atheist. <laughs> An excerpt follows. Harvard University, originally founded with a mission to educate clergymen in order to minister to New England's early Puritan colonists, has a new chief chaplain. His name is Greg Epstein, and he is an atheist. Epstein, author of God Without God, What a Billion Non-Religious People Do Believe, has been the university's humanist chaplain since 2005, 
before now being unanimously elected by his fellow campus chaplains as the university chaplains organization's new president, the New York Times reported, end of quote. Evil is now called good. The time for Christ's return for his church is imminent. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again as Jesus declares in John 3, 3? Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Make your peace with God. This may be your last opportunity. In just a moment, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. And if you do, everything changes for you today. Second Corinthians 5.17 will become yours Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I cannot overemphasize the words, all things. Today, all your sins will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood. You will be pristine clean. Today, all of the devil's bondages will be broken. You will be free. Today, you will be born a very literal second time, this time of the Spirit of God. Today, you will be born again, and this time as a child of God. This is a big deal. Choose life while the hand of salvation is still extended to you. Here is the simple prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Psalms 19, verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. God said, 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12, And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Man said, isn't evolution awesome? Being related to a mushroom makes everything really cool, you know. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1,180, that will once again certify the marvelous, supernatural, and inerrant Word of God found in your majority text, Holy Bible. All of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for your edification and to be used as ammunition in the battle for the souls of the lost sons and daughters of Adam. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for visiting. May God's face shine upon you with his beautiful light and truth. They speak with a bold confidence, and some even with a type of scientific-sounding bravado, but neither of which have they earned. Without exception, each time they belittle and challenge the veracity of the Word of God, they fail miserably. When they deign to acknowledge their failure, it's disguised as scientific progress, a victory for science. Those of the world's professor university types belong to a mutual admiration society of bold-faced unbelief 
and it's imperative that they never, never allow a divine foot in the door. If they do, all is lost. So they soldier on in the spirit of strong delusion and prosper, deceiving and being deceived. Their absurdities include such gems as your second cousin was a banana, your first cousin a mushroom, your father a monkey, and of course all of your family relations are a result of a big bang that came out of vast nothingness. All of this foolishness is built on a foundation of the doctrine of uniformitarianism. Uniformitarianism states that the present is the key to the past. The evolutionists claim that geological processes on Earth observed today have always functioned at a constant rate. Therefore, by measuring what we see and know historically and currently, they can extrapolate backwards and safely establish Earth's geological age. Uniformitarian doctrine, which is foundational to evolution, is totally founded on unbelief. There are two geological global events that have taken place in the past that no one would call uniform. First event, the creation of the earth and its universe just over 6,000 years ago. If a uniformitarian had came upon Adam just five minutes after God breathed the breath of life up his nostrils, that uniformitarian would have assumed billions of years of history when Adam was only five minutes old. I mean, where are your mother and father, your grandparents, the one-celled living organisms that magically formed out of non-life? If the uniformitarian came upon the earth just five minutes after the end of the sixth day, he would assume billions of years of history when the creation had only taken six 24-hour days and the earth was at that point only six days old. The unbelief of uniformitarianism assumes history when there was none. Second event, Genesis chapter 6 begins the history of the global deluge that occurred in the days of Noah. God destroyed everything on the earth that had the breath of life in its nostrils, with the exception of the inhabitants of the ark and, of course, much of the aquatic creatures. No uniformitarian would call such an event uniform. God said, man said, has published a myriad of features that establish the veracity of God's account of the flood. There are fish fossils found on every mountain peak. There are even marine fossils atop Mount Everest. Animals and plant fossils destroyed by water cover the entire earth. Over 500 ancient societal records all shout yes. The bold, confident lies began in the Garden of Eden when Satan told the mother of all living, as recorded in Genesis 3, 4, and 5, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Satan's M.O. has not and cannot change. How did that bold, confident lie work out? The world's number one industry is dying in death. Sound overstated? Consider this short list of dying in death issues. Doctors, nurses, medications, hospitals, health insurance, supplements, face creams, face lips, funeral homes, graveyards, last will and testaments, investments, inheritance. You get the idea. They speak with bold confidence they don't own. 
Their academic champions put forth various blasphemies that are demonstrably false. But unfortunately for men, these champions own the global podium, and God's word on the subjects are forbidden. To illustrate the point, several typical examples of bold foolishness from various scientific periodicals follow. September 2023, Scientific American published a feature titled Evolution of the Earth Shakers. Excerpts follow. I plotted these species of seropods on an evolutionary tree and stretched the tree over time to see when and how many times seropods increased or e decreased their body mass. When they appeared more than 200 million years ago, they were relatively small, about the size of a rhinoceros. By around 165 million years ago, the first giants, non-neoceropods, including the ultra-long-necked mammoceroids, they evolved. Most seropods were not exceptional in size compared with the largest terrestrial mammals. Consider Diplodocus, an especially long-tailed seropod that inhabited western North America around 155 million to 145 million years ago. For this relatively modest stock, I found seropods evolved their record sizes a remarkable three dozen times on six land masses over the course of 100 million years. Seropods evolved their hallmark sizes early on, and with each new family to evolve, one or more lineages independently reached superlative status, end of quote. From the same September publication in the feature Celestial Wonders, you'll find this bold and confident statement. Wolf Ritz stars' lives are measured in millions of years and sometimes much less. This is a blink of the eye compared to our son's 10 billion year lifespan, end of quote. Discover Magazine published the feature in their July-August 2023 issue about the fully miraculous nature of DNA. The lead sentence from the article Alphabet Soup follows. The greatest achievement of nature... According to biologist Lewis Thomas, is DNA. It arrived early in the earthly party, somewhere in the soupy water of the cooling planet, 3,000 million years or so ago, he wrote in 1979 in his essay, The Wonderful Mistake. End of quote. Flipping ahead in the same issue of Discover Magazine, I found the following bold foolishness from the feature Underwater Dragon. A six feet Five inches tall paleontologist Dean Lomax sticks out in the crowd, but not so much when he's juxtaposed with this 180-million-year-old sea dragon. Measuring more than 32 feet long, the prehistoric Ithasar, a porpoise-like sea lizard, is now recognized as the biggest and most complete skeleton of its kind ever discovered in the U.K., end of quote. A lot of bold confidence is being published, but it is not a confidence that has been earned. Is the earth millions and billions or just over 6,000 years old, as the Bible indicates? Until Darwin popularized the theory of evolution starting around 160 years ago, the common knowledge amongst men was that the age of the earth was, at that time, just shy of 6,000 years, as Genesis reports. It should be noted that the majority of the U.S. still believes in the young earth, which deeply galls the evolutionists, by the way. Did the evolutionists prove that nothing exploded into everything? Of course not. 
did the evolutionists prove that lifeless chemicals evolved into self-replicating and marvelously intricate living forms? Of course not. Did evolutionists prove their claim that the dinosaur still lives amongst us but is now a hummingbird? Of course not. Did academia's God prove that the water buffalo hang out around the water too much and evolved into a whale? Of course not. Did evolution, the deceivableness of unrighteousness, prove their theories of billions of years, thereby destroying the Bible's truth of 6,000 plus years? No, of course not. Did the evolutionist post a plausible explanation for marine fossils found at the top of every mountain peak? <laughs> no, certainly not. Did the evolutionists find their missing link? Not even close. Did evolutionists prove evolution? Of course not. And neither will they do it tomorrow. The reason for their constant failure is it is not true. Carnalton's own words desecrate the high places of their past champions at an alarming rate, but most are oblivious. Some of the scientific community even assert that their willingness to tear down their old icons is their academic crown. Unfortunately, they only change their minds to another position of half-truths. The purported wheels of evolution have all come off the bus— but their public face is one of confidence, even as they debunk another of their own sacred cows. The headline in September 2014 issue of Scientific American reads, Welcome to the Family. A few sentences follow. Tracing the evolutionary ancestors of Homo sapiens was once thought to be a relatively straightforward matter. Australopithecus begat Homo erectus, which begat Neanderthals, which begat us. Over the past 40 years, fossil finds from East Africa, among other things, have completely shattered that hypothesis, end of quote. Science writer Frank Sherwin addresses problems facing evolutionists concerning the sea creature Cenophore and the December 2014 issue of Acts and Facts under the title, Are Animals the Result of Natural Processes or Creation? We find the following. Biologists at Auburn University recently investigated the genome of Cenophore, a type of jellyfish called the Pacific Sea Gooseberry. These small creatures have transparent bodies and often generate their own light. You can view the fantastic display these creatures produce by typing in Cenophore bioluminescence on YouTube. The researchers discovered that the species is quite unique, particularly in the design of its muscles and nerves, as stated in the Journal of Nature. This is what it said. Xenophores, comb jellies, are enigmatic animals that combine two distinct nervous systems with an elementary brain-like center and possess mesoderm-derived muscles appropriate to their predatory life. According to secular scientists, this discovery shakes the very foundation of Darwinism because... They contend this new research places xenophores at the evolutionary base of the animal kingdom, replacing sponges as previously supposed. Auburn biologist Dr. Kenneth Halex stated, The new genomic data overturns 150 years of scientific theories about the early evolution of animals. End quote. The subhead. In the April 20. 15 issue of Discover magazine reads, Fossils are just one piece of the puzzle 
at the oldest hominid site outside Africa. Will it rewrite human evolution? One paragraph follows. As archaeologists, we go with what we have. We make hypotheses and try to test them. And then you dig up something new and, and, and you go, oops, and you have to make up a new hypothesis, says Tappan, end of quote. Darwin's finches supposedly proved evolution in action, but did they? The headline in the April 2015 issue of Discover magazine reads, Species Stuck in Neutral with the subhead. Darwin's finches are icons of evolution, but did we get the story wrong? A few sentences follow. The finches that Charles Darwin collected in the Galapagos Islands are considered textbook examples of how a single species differentiated into many to exploit different resources. Subtle changes in the size and structure of beaks among the six species of ground finches have been called evolution caught in the act. But are they really one species or several? In Science Smackdown, we let experts argue both sides of the question. The textbooks are wrong, says Ortho, excuse me, orthonologist Robert Zink of the University of Minnesota's Bell Museum of Natural History, and a quote, a paragraph from the March 7, 2015 issue of Science News under the title, Genetic History of Darwin's Finches. The analysis is rewriting the taxonomy of these birds, and that's a pretty big deal, says evolutionary biologist Scott Edwards of Harvard University, who was not involved in the work. These birds are the epicenter of evolutionary theory, end of quote. When the light of the obvious finger of God becomes too glaring, they simply update their unbelief to a new level of foolishness. From a 2014 Creation Research Society quarterly publication under the heading of Evidence for the Recent Existence of Mammoths and Mastodons, Implications for Creation and Evolution, you'll find the following paragraph. Near a lake in Managua, Nicaragua, an interesting human footprint site was discovered. The footprints were originally dated at 2,000 years old by evolutionists, but because the form of the feet were perfectly modern, dating work went on until a date of about 6,000 years old was obtained. Now, there's a problem with this. Above the level of the footprints are 11 solid rock strata. The combined strata thickness is 16 to 24 feet. Fossils exist in the strata above the footprints, including mastodon remains. This leads us to the conclusion that the mastodons were younger than the footprints, meaning that they were alive less than 6,000 years ago, end of quote. The following excerpt is from the God Said, Man Said feature, 2009 Missing Link Still Missing. In 1959, the centennial celebration of 100 years of Darwin was convened in Chicago, where adulation and praise were heaped upon the nothing god of evolution. According to interviewer Miss Hooper, the peppered moth was becoming evolutionist's number one icon just in time for the big Darwin centennial, end of quote. The keynote speaker at the centennial was Julian Huxley, an admirer of Ford and Kettlewell, who proclaimed the triumph of Darwinism and the death of God. The peppered moth was frequently noted by the centennial speakers. Since that great and heady day of the celebration of evolution in Chicago, the story of the peppered moth was found to be 
peppered with falsehood. Man's truth, which attempted to discredit God's truth again, became a lie. In the 1970s, young scientists were finding it impossible to replicate Kettlewell's results. In 1976, Ten Sargent, now emeritus professor of biology at the University of Massachusetts, published his first paper raising doubts about the credibility of Kettlewell's work. And it was more than doubt. Sargent asserted that all the famous peppered moths on tree trunks photographed and published by Kettlewell were fakes. Many other researchers began defining flaws in Kettlewell's research. According to Hooper, some of the critics of the peppered moth were accused of giving aid and comfort to the enemy, the creationist. Hooper went on to say of Kettlewell's research, at its core lay flawed science, dubious methodology, and wishful thinking, end of quote. Cambridge lepidopterist Michael Majerus authored the book Melanism, Evolution in Action. He said there was no doubt that the classic story of the peppered moth was wrong in almost every detail. In spite of all the debunking of Kittowell, Majerus and Judith Hooper were still defenders of evolution, end of quote. The publication Scientific American is another of today's media that ballyhoos evolution and continues to promote statements about creation and world history in particular. They do this with authority, and I'm telling you, it's an authority they do not own. In November of 16, Scientific American published a multi-page feature headlined on the cover with, which read, Five Scientific Facts That People Often Get Wrong. God Said, Man Said published five features addressing those claims. Visit them. You won't be wasting your time. Excerpts follow from the first of the series, Things We Know to Be True, Scientific American Challenges God, Part 1. The deceivableness of unrighteousness is unashamedly ballyhooed in the November 2016 issue of Scientific American. The headline on the front cover reads, Five Scientific Facts That People Often Get Wrong. When you arrive at the multi-page feature inside, you find this headline, Five Things We Know to Be True, with the subhead, a compendium of irrefutable facts for those fact-starved times. A few sentences from the prelude follow. Scientific truths are always provisional at some level. We once believed that the continents were fixed on the surface of Earth. Now we know they move. We thought the universe was static. Now we know it's expanding. We thought margarine was healthier than butter and that hormone replacement therapy was the right treatment for vast numbers of postmenopausal women. Now we know better, end of quote. God said, man said, we'd just like to point out a few other things they've gotten wrong. Ramapithecus, Australopithecines, Peking man, Java man, Neanderthal man, Cro-Magnon man, Nebraska man, Piltdown Man, Lucy, China's fake chicken lizard. Rethink fossilization after soft tissue was discovered in dinosaur bones. And we should add raw milk, raw honey, whole wheat, olive oil, salt, eggs, circumcision, breastfeeding, the U.S. food pyramid, pyramid, excuse me, and so much more. The following excerpts are from the God Said Man Said feature. Darwin's whale returns with mouth open wide. Because they refuse to retain God in their knowledge, because unbelief is from whence their quest for knowledge begins, carnal scientists fall prey to the curse 
of the deceivableness of unrighteousness, which the Bible declares in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and Romans chapter 1. The results are strong delusion and reprobate minds. They will readily believe a lie over the obvious. The position of evolutionary scientists dominates the global narrative. According to them, the uh, entire and intricately marvelous earth and all its magnificent life forms and its awe-inspiring, precisely calibrated universe exploded into existence from basically nothing. Strong delusion, reprobate minds. Another great pair of examples of the deceivableness of unrighteousness concerning the water buffalo and the banana are from the God said, man said feature, their imaginations become vain. Evolutionists were forced to come up with a plausible theory on how seagoing mammals such as whales, dolphins, and porpoises evolved. Remember, mammals supposedly evolved from the sea, so how did these mammals end up back in the water? Some evolutionists suggest that an even-toed land mammal like a water buffalo is the likely candidate to have evolved into the present-day whale. They speculate that the water buffalo liked to hang around the water a lot, and over eons of time, his hind legs simply fell off, and his front legs changed into flippers. And the science student says, no kidding. The water buffalo's hairy hide simply changed into smooth, thick rubber, and his nostrils slid up to the top of his head to form a blowhole. Then his tail evolved into flukes, and because he was floating around in the water all the time, his body became enormous. And the student said, isn't that interesting? Sound absurd? Do you think I'm exaggerating? The following excerpts from Volume 50 of National Geographic, written by W.B. Shepard. The whale's ascendancy to sovereign size apparently began 60 million years ago when hairy, four-legged mammals in search of food or sanctuary ventured into water. As eons passed, change slowly occurred. Hind legs disappeared. Front legs changed into flippers. Hair gave way to thick, smooth blanket of rubber. Nostrils moved to the top of the head. The tail broadened into flukes. And in the buoyant water world, the body became enormous. Finally, consider this idea. Evolutionist biologist Robert May was quoted in the January 2001 issue of Discover magazine. The more we learn about genome, the more it teaches us about our place in the web of life. For example, we share half of our genes with the banana. Actually, it would be more accurate to say bananas share half their genes with us because their genome is smaller. This is a fact more evident in some of my acquaintances than others. The article's author said, This year, the mapping of the genome shocked us, revealing a truth even more humbling and amusing. We are not just monkeys, but their favorite snack as well. The title of the article is, your cousin, the banana. And the class of students said in concert, no kidding. Editor's note. The banana has since been relegated to second cousin status, and the mushroom has been elevated to the position of first cousin, and the class parroted back. How interesting. Sound delusional? Because they begin in unbelief, the end of their search is strong delusion and a reprobate mind, end of quote. The end of the world is approaching swiftly. Second Thessalonians 2, 3 through 12 worms. 
Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? And now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion, and they shall believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Prepare to meet your God. Visit further with Jesus while the hand of salvation is still extended to you. There is no time to waste. God said, Exodus 20, verse 11, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. God said, Psalms 19, verse 9, The fear of the Lord is clean enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. God said, 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Man said, Isn't evolution awesome? Being related to a mushroom makes everything really cool, you know. Now you have the record.